Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We are ready to go. Are you ready to go? Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Bruce, my friend, how was the weekend? The weekend was productive. I had a good weekend. I was off, uh, this is very rare, Friday and Saturday. Usually I'm off Friday, but I was off Friday and Saturday. So thank you, Broncos. For making my Saturday that much more oh, that's enjoyable nice. and entertaining. That's nice. I went to go see the, uh, one of the things I did, went to go see the new Top Gun movie. Thoughts? It was like Mexican food. Okay. All the same ingredients, just prepared differently. Better. Did you think it was better? Not, not even close. It was much better than the first. Wow, you're one of those. I thought it was great. Make no apologies for it. I thought it was good. I think, listen, the flying scenes. Well, that that's what makes it great. Obviously terrific. Our different world kind of stuff. But it's if they took the entire timeline of the first one and matched it up I like that perfectly. part of it. I, I, li- I like the fact that they were true to their roots. And I like the fact that there were identifiable threads. Like the beginning. I mean, it was the exact same beginning mm-hmm. to the movie. Yeah. They just put in different pieces of video. It's as if they took the first video. I mean, let, let's use television as an example. Yeah. Right? You have your soundtrack. You have your, your yep. bed, which is called yep. audio. And then you have your video, which we call cover video. Yep. And they took the opening five minutes and they kept the entire audio bed and just threw on some new B-roll. That's what they did. Yeah. They, they threw on some new B-roll it was exactly the same. It w- That's a, a bit of an oversimplification, but I would agree <laughs> with you. I would say that uh, I would say that they used very similar methods that were tried and true. Right. For me, it worked. Normally, I would be one that would say that was a lazy effort because you fall back on something or other that you've done before. Right. But I thought it worked. I thought it worked this time. I thought the kind of uh, just the whole connection to the history of it made it more, I don't know, viable. It's not viable because it's, you know, all, you know, thrill seeking. I saw a movie this weekend that you might. Have you seen Belfast? I know it's terrific. It is fantastic. Yeah. And I mean. Kenneth Branagh at his absolute best, fantastic. So you saw it at home. You saw it like some night. Like my wife said, hey, you know, I think it was Friday night, in fact. Yeah. Friday night, you know, we were hitting the sack. She said, and it was early. We're early to bed. So um, threw it on, and it was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Were you up through the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop popcorn? Do you do anything like that? Uh, yes, we do, but no. This one we actually watched in bed, which is very unusual for us, so no popcorn. 
I don't think like, I, I don't kind of like no crackers, no no crackers. In I really don't think I need okay. to know your bed habits with your wife, especially this early or really any time of the day. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Oh my God, the Broncos lost. Wait a minute, the sky is falling. It's over with. This game is done. Season's over. (laughs) They did look bad. Hide the women and children. They looked awful. Right. They were outmatched. Oh my God. And listen, it was far more than the ones beating up on the Broncos twos. Yeah. It was throughout the entire game. It was uninspired. The tackling wasn't good. The positioning wasn't good. None of it was good. The Bills ran the ball when they wanted to. They passed the ball when they wanted to. Is there a concern at all? The only concern that the th- the only thing that really bothered me. There were two things. Was anybody playing for a job? Was Great anybody point. was anybody playing for a job? Right. I'm just let me know. Um I, I see you, Montreal, Washington. Thank you. I, he, I feel good about you. He was terrific. I feel good about you. The return game, oh. they have a lot of options. Uh, yeah, they do. And their blocking is good. And so at least that's refreshing. That, that was good. Um, now let's move on to the rest. Caden Stearns gave me some moments. Your oh. boy. Caden Stearns. Okay. Fist pump. I, I was good there. Well, Brandon hold on McManus a knocked a 55-yarder through after he had missed one the week before. Felt good about Okay. That's it. Now. Can I say something real quick? Well, sure. Briefly. It's not good when your safety is making a lot of tackles. No, of course not. But good on Caden Stearns. Yes, absolutely. At least he looked like he wanted to play. Right. Right? All right, so was anyone was anyone auditioning for a job? That bothered me. That's a, that is the best point I have heard with everything that I have read on social media and what I have heard on the radio. Well, keep coming back. I'm here all week. And on television, and that's oh, why well. that's why I watch Channel 4. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right, so here's here and then my other deal is this team was so listless in the second half. After they had gotten their asses beat in the first half, yeah. and there was no pushback. There was, and by the way, it wasn't Josh Allen then. We were dealing with, you know, Keenum and Barkley and those guys. So that bothered me a little bit. So those two things, as I sat there thinking, this is three hours of my life I'm never getting back. Right. That's the worst part about being in the media, that we have to watch Always. the entire game. Yes. Are you going to be at the game on Saturday? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to. Yeah. And I will say it right now on Monday. Those are three hours of my life, literally at the game. Good, bad, then, or indifferent. But then throwing in the drive yeah. and traffic, those are five hours I'll never be able to get back. You're right. It is closer to five. Five or six in my case. I, you, know, you know, yeah. Look, I... I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. That that that's just it. It's asinine and silly to do at this point. Don't do it. Resist. But there are certain things that have to be accounted for. There is an accountability factor here. So I'll be interested to see how that is applied as the week progresses. You said it very well. There were a lot of bad moments in that game. 
Should the Broncos be concerned? No. Should the fans be concerned? No. Should the fans and media be concerned if Hackett says today, we're just going to burn the tape and pretend like it never happened? Yeah, I won't like that one as much. Then you should be concerned, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I'd bet the house against a cup of coffee. That's not going to be the situation. But I think that you brought up the most salient point, which is guys were playing for jobs. So who hurt themselves in this game? I think a bunch of offensive linemen didn't show out. Joe Schobert had a chance to show up. Mm-hmm. We talked about that leading up to the game. He looks a step slow. He does. So watching him out there makes me think, well, I certainly hope that Jonas Griffith is going to get back sooner than expected. Maybe there's a reason why Joe Schobert wasn't signed by other teams. Yes, he is a tackling machine, but when you look a step slow, you're not going to be able to certainly make as many tackles as you want to. There were some positives from the game, specifically the special teams, which, yes. I mean, <clears throat> we have been banging that drum. How nice is that to be able to say? For right? a long time. I'm with you. And something else to consider, this is not an excuse, uh, and I'll, I'll put it in context. Melvin Gordon, to me, is probably the best backup running back in the NFL, or at least top three. Fair to say? Yeah, if he even is a backup. But, I mean, technically, he's RB2, right? Case Keenum is a top three backup in the league easily. And for a few teams, you could make the case he should be starting. I'd be worried if I'm Buffalo if Case Keenum doesn't go something like 16 for 18. I'd be worried if Case Keenum doesn't have a good game against a bunch of backups. He should have a very good game. Matt Barkley, a little bit of a different story. Yep. Okay. Michael Ojemudie, before he got injured, looks like the same Michael Ojemudie that we have seen for a very long time. He, I was talking to a media member at training camp a couple of weeks ago, and I said, Michael Ojemudie is Kayvon Webster hmm. minus the ability to be really good at special special teams. teams, right? He's a guy that we have talked about, we have heard about, and every time he seems to go on the field, you're like, man, this guy is making mistakes. This guy doesn't look very good. So my concern would be, A, I believe they think Ojemudie is ahead of Asang Bassi. Not that I'm a huge Asang Bassi fan anyway. Uh, I'm not either. What kind of depth do they truly have at corner? I think they need to sign someone. And I think the waiver wires are going to be very interesting. Would you have said that before the injury? I'm not or, a big... I'm would not, you have said that before the injury to Ojemudier? Or are you saying that now because he is injured? Combination thereof. Yeah. I, I've never been an Ojemudier guy. And, and Bassey is... I'm only so-so uh, with Bassey. Um, it... Uh, thank you. It, it, see, I, I said I was only okay with him. Right. It's a concerning remark. Yeah. So yes, Danny's so concerned he's just hot buttoning everything. <laughs> I think that I think I think that there is potentially, if you believe that, yeah. if you believe what we've just talked about, and that's just you know two old guys yelling, hey, is there a depth concern at corner? Who are the two old guys? One old guy and right. one very good-looking middle-aged guy. Spry. Yeah, one really just <laughs> top-rung, you know, get-on-the-catwalk kind of guy. Uh, look, I don't think, I don't know how, what they think. 
we will find out because we're fixing to lose five more tomorrow, and then we lose the slew another week. So we are basically two huge cuts now coming up in eight days' time. They get down to the final 53 a week from tomorrow. Right. So there are going to be a lot of guys floating around. We'll get the Broncos' answer on that, how they feel about their depth or lack thereof at corner, probably in the next seven, six or seven days. What I'm about to say is very much in hindsight. Okay. Very, very much in hindsight. But it's a good thing when you look at everything, how it has played out with Russell Wilson now being the quarterback. It is a good thing George Payton drafted Pat Sertan. What would the cornerback room look like without him? Yeah, no kidding, right? Then Ojemudie is a starter in a division, in a conference, loaded with quarterbacks. Coming up after the break, yes, it was a bad preseason game, but we're going to put the preseason into perspective by talking about three different teams. We'll talk about that next. Big and bad enough, are you gonna let them shoot to die when the evil flies and your brother cries? Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can watch us on milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for a wholesale loan to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, that's a good thing. That means you're handy. You like to do projects on your own. But when it comes to a major remodel, highly recommend you go with Pinnacle Builders. My guy, Ed Goldinger, started uh, Pinnacle after being trained in the Army as a carpenter and a mason. 33 years later, he has the premier remodeling company in Denver. You name it, they can do it. High-end basements, bathrooms, kitchen, custom counters, cabinets. You're absolutely working with the best. One thing that I really about, love about Ed and his process is he's going to give you a two-year warranty on all of his work. Most places are only going to give you one year. Why? Well, they're going to probably skimp on product. They might skimp on their work. If you give a two-year warranty, you better not skimp on anything or else you're going to constantly be getting stuff redone, redone. He doesn't want that to happen. He wants to give you his best so you have the best. Go to PinnacleDen.com. That's PinnacleDen.com. Dot com, the best in home remodeling. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. So let's put yesterday's, not yesterday, let's put Saturday's loss into perspective. And it might not be a fair parallel because two of the teams that we are talking about for sure have a history their fans understand that the preseason doesn't mean a lot because with what these teams have done in the regular season they have proven that they should not be questioned specifically their head coach and the methods that they use but the similarity between those two coaches and Nathaniel Hackett is they all come from the same coaching tree 
Rams won the Super Bowl last year. Exhibition record, 0-3. Matthew Stafford didn't play. Rams offense averaged 11 points a game. The Packers last season in preseason, 0-3. Aaron Rodgers did not play. And the Packers were outscored 68-21. to But my favorite one happened, I believe it was yesterday. The Ravens have now won 22 consecutive preseason games. They haven't been to the Super Bowl, and they've won a single postseason game. So, again, it's about perspective. I'm gonna, we're going to keep repeating the theme, should we panic? But, again, you came up with the best point. You have to look at some of these guys fighting for jobs, and what did they put on tape? Those are the guys who should be concerned. Because some of those guys and many of those guys aren't going to make the team. So when Hackett stands up in front of the team today and talks about what went wrong, <clears throat> those guys who did not play well not only better take it personally, but their last chance, chance to really show out will be on Saturday against the Vikings if they want to have a job in Denver or anywhere else. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, the, the cut to 53 happens two days later, and then it's, uh, you know, it's on. Then it's game on, man. We got two weeks till the opener in Seattle, and uh, and we start playing for real. <sighs> the Broncos are not like the Rams or like the Packers in that they don't have playoff pedigree. In the Packers' case before last year, championship pedigree. Well, there's a track record with Matt LaFleur. Exactly. There's a track record with Sean McVay. McVay right. If the Broncos go eleven and six, if they go twelve and five, then next season we're not going to be talking about how they play in the preseason. But they haven't proven it yet. So there's a reason to question. Yes, absolutely. Uh you are there has to be optimism that is cautious. I don't think that that has changed any. I, I really don't. I mean, maybe there are degrees of change in the optimism that is cautious because we haven't seen, we've seen, for the ones, we've seen one really good, and I mean good to great shared practice with the Dallas Cowboys. What does that mean in the grand scheme of things? It means enough for us to be, in my case, cautiously optimistic. Right. That's it. There's nothing that happened last Saturday at Buffalo that changes my optimism at all. Um, we see them every single day. Every day we see the Broncos. Some days they're really good. Some days it's like, was that even worth them being out there for? We're getting used to the ebb and flow. We're getting used to the two days practice, one day kind of you practice, but you don't really practice. You're getting reps, but you're not really getting what we would deem quality reps. But we're, the perception is in the beholder. Does Nathaniel Hackett think it's quality? Does Evero, Stooks, those? If it's quality for them, then I'm all good with it. That's fine. I'm remaining cautiously optimistic, and even the blowout and the way that it happened doesn't change that, because what we're talking about is depth here. We're talking about depth. 
Now, but depth can be super important depending on the injuries. Now, granted, uh, everybody should be concerned if all the second teamers mm-hmm. play right. against Seattle. That should be a concern. No question about it. I'll ask you, what's a worse final score to you? 42 to 15 or 19 to nothing? Oh, I, it, the 19 to nothing bugs me more than anything. Yeah, because the Bills beat the Packers last year 19 to nothing yeah. in the preseason. Right. So, Didn't mean a whole lot. No, it M- meant nothing. Now, people will say, and rightfully so, if they're looking to make excuses, <clears throat> we're not going to make any excuses. It's not that there are reasons for concern. It just needs to be addressed. Oh, of course. And I have zero doubt right. it will be addressed. Has been. But some who will say, oh, there's absolutely nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Mm. Because it's the Bills. Because they're the favorites to win. Nothing to see. I don't believe that. No. That there's nothing to see. And this is why I am saying that. Because those people will say, hey, it was against the Bills' number one starters. The Bills are favorites to probably win the Super Bowl. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I am. However... Let's look at the Packers from last year. Seattle wasn't very good last year, were they? Yeah. No. And they beat the, or excuse me, the Texans were not very good last year, right? They were horrible. They beat the Packers 26 to 7. I'm guessing if you're a Packers fan, you're thinking, wait a minute. It's, It's not like they were rolling out Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and Fuller. And they were, you know, a really, really good, they were a bad team. Whether you're a bad team or a good team in the preseason, it's not really relevant. I, I say this phrase all the time. This will be the first time that you're hearing it. Just because you hit a home run doesn't mean you're a home run hitter. No. Just because you lose a game doesn't mean you're a bad team. I can sit and cherry pick all day and tell you that back in 2014, the Patriots, I think, lost something like 41-17 to to the Chiefs. Regular season. I'm sure people in New England were like, oh my goodness, we're cooked. We lost that badly. Well, they went on to win the Super Bowl later on that year. It's one game. It's how you address it, and I'm very confident this will be addressed. You have hit it squarely on the head, and it it bears repeating and a reminder to folks that could be on the edge The difference between really good and really bad in the NFL is as thin a margin as there is in professional sports. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you just a wee bit of pushback. Fair. A lot of it depends on the quarterback. So the so the so the margin isn't as as thin as I think you're suggesting. Well, I think it's thin, and I'll give you an example. The Broncos went to Dallas last year mm-hmm. and opened up a can of whoop. Ass. Totally. Against, can't, say, can't say whoop on the air, but you can say ass. Against a better football team. Right. A team that went on and won, by any measure, a better football team. Right. A, a team that ended up winning five more games than they won in the regular season. You see examples of this all the time. All the time. Teddy Bridgewater showed out that game. The Broncos played as well 
collectively as they can possibly play. Therein lies my statement of earlier. I think of all of the great, of all the professional sports that we follow and that we love, there is a thinner line between the top of the rung in the NFL and the bottom of the rung. You give me, you've got some slappies in the NHL, right? You've got teams that if you show up and play well or even halfway interested in, you're going to beat. There are five or six teams at the bottom end of the NBA who are awful, have no chance whatsoever, are starting from a deficit position, and never drag themselves out of it. Major League Baseball, I give you the Pittsburgh Pirates. I give you the Cincinnati Reds. So what you're suggesting is that on any given day, the Rockies can beat the Dodgers. Well, that's 162 games. But over a hundred, but baseball's different because it's it percolates over 162 games. We've got 17 games to measure the National Football League. 17 games, and that's it. That's what you have to prove yourself. You've got to get to the postseason. But the Jets can beat the Patriots. I, yeah, I don't want to fall into the on any given Sunday thing. Right. That's a little oversimplified. Yep. But there are. Very small measures of difference on a particular day between the best teams in the NFL, which sometimes don't play well for whatever reason. The Packers lost four times last year. The Rams lost, what, three or four times last year. The Chiefs started three and four and were a tick away holding Joe Burrow to get to the Super Bowl again. That's the way it is. So it's okay, it has to be addressed, and you've got to learn something from it. That's the hope. It's about accountability. This is my question. How is this coaching staff now going to demand accountability? They have a different style of teaching, a different style this team does of learning. Great, fine, we're down with that. We've said that, that hasn't changed. But how is the accountability now going to be reached? Well, listen, we have talked about how Nathaniel Hackett is a likable guy. He's a backslapper. He's always positive. After Saturday's game, I'm sure he will remain positive as much as he can publicly. What's he going to be like behind closed doors? Right. Is he going to be Mr. Nice Guy? Yeah, I think he will be. My understanding about Nathaniel Hackett is he will criticize, but he'll always leave it on an up note and try to encourage you and try and be positive. Here's a really good example of, wow, of every any given Sunday. I'm going to go back to 2020. Jacksonville Jaguars won a single game. Single game. Single game. They won their opener against the Colts. They lost the rest of their games. And the Colts finished with an 11-5 and record. Well, that was that, was that 2020 or 2021? 2020. Well, and, because, and the Colts made the playoffs. And it hap- Okay, but it happened at the end of the 2021 season last year. Jacksonville kept Jason Taylor, not Jason Taylor, but kept the Colts out of the playoffs. Right. The, the Colts were playing. They had two chances to, to win, and, right. and Jacksonville beat them in a game. Right. Go figure. Right. Okay. 
Coming up after the break, when the Broncos had a great practice against Dallas, great preseason game against Dallas, the optimism level on this team shot up. Has it gone down a tick? Have they potentially taken a small step back? Were these guys maybe reading their press clippings a little too much? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Okay, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question. It's Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. And guys, here we go. When the Broncos had a great practice against Dallas, terrific preseason game against Dallas, the optimism level shot up. I think that's fair to say. After Saturday's game, has it taken even a wee bit step back? Did any of the ones play? I mean, some of them played, you know, like three or four played. But I didn't see Russell Wilson out there. Didn't see Javante Williams or, you know, Cortland Sutton or anyone else out there. Um, I didn't see any of the first guy, first team defensive guys out there. I felt good about that watching that shared practice. But injuries happen. Injuries happen. And as you said, very well, guys are playing for jobs. They are. So let's say they do go through a rash of injuries. How good do you feel after watching these guys? Well, or or do you say, you know what? It balanced out after the Dallas game. Let's wait till the Minnesota game. Yeah, maybe even until the Seattle game or week two against Houston, or week three against San Francisco. We'll have a better working understanding of this team then. No, doesn't change things very much for me. To me, talking about a, and it's a short season, it's not like baseball, mm-hmm. it's not like basketball, it's right. not like hockey. I say about baseball all the time, I'm not going to judge a team after two games. I'm going to judge them in 10-game stretches. Okay, How'd they do over their last 10? That's the snapshot of where they are at that point. In the NBA, you can make the case, judge them on eight, nine, ten game stretch if you want to. It's a short season in the NFL. So with that, how do we judge them? Let's build a case. Let's look at a four game stretch in the regular season and then say, okay, there's a problem or I like what they're doing. You take one good, one bad, like they do in school at times. Take your top grade, you take your low grade, you throw it out. What do you do in the rest? Guys, what do you think? So with that, it's one bad game. Let's see what happens next. But to your point, Wilson wasn't out there. The starters weren't out there, so on and so forth. However, I think it is fair to say that when you look at the offensive line, um, their blocking has now been poor. In both games. Yes. 
Now, Miners did play yeah. on Saturday. Calvin Anderson did play. And what is that? What is that concern been? The right side of your line. If you believe in the system and they're running it, they're going, they obviously believe in it. At one point, do you start to question the talent that's running it? Hmm? I would imagine that there's some fairly tough uh, grading being done at this particular point. But that's the most glaring thing taken collectively through two exhibition games that we have seen. I thought they ran the ball well against the Cowboys in the joint practice. Now, we weren't tackling and bringing players to the to the ground. Different kind of thing. We have seen twos and threes the last two weeks. They clearly have not been able to run the football against a pretty good defensive football team with Dallas, a outstanding defensive football team in Buffalo with some of their frontline guys out there to start the game. But at what point do you question the talent running it? On the right side, I think it's pretty fair to question. I think in a very, very, very small way. You look at John Elway's last three or four drafts, mm -hmm. which honestly were not very good no. overall. You could make the case maybe that depth is catching up with them, yeah, but it's not. Yeah. But it's not to totally give George Payton a pass no. either, because this is his team. We looked at last year's draft and said, "Yeah, that's a pretty good draft." This year's draft, we're saying, "Yeah, that's a pretty good draft." I mean, fifth round pick, Montreal, Washington. Yeah, he turned out. He He's turned the out, best one though. Uh, Nick Benito did nothing. He well, played twenty nine snaps in that game Saturday. No tackles. Well, didn't do didn't do anything to set the edge which was bad all day long, not just by him, right. by anybody playing it. Nathaniel Hackett summed it up perfectly about Nick Benito's play following the game. And this is probably as harsh of a criticism as Hackett is going to give to anyone. When asked about Nick Benito, he said he's a rookie and he played like one. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know why? Because he's a rookie. Yeah, that was his second game. And he did play like one. He sure did. Uh, now, if he's playing like this week 15, mm. he is still a rookie, but he's an experienced rookie. But let's see how much he actually gets out on the field to have that experience. And then you combine him with Greg Dulcich, who we really yet to see on the field. Right. I mean, that was their third round guy. Right. Benito was their second round by guy. By the way. Didn't have one in the first, remember. By the way, everyone was gushing and fawning over Baron Browning. Yeah. What happened to him in that game? Yeah. He didn't he didn't do very good against he didn't do very well against the first team, did he? Now, it's not to say that he won't. Nobody played a good game, except for maybe all the guys who caught punts and kicks. You can make the case, uh, Virgil had a really good game returning yeah. and catching the ball. Right. There were certain guys that played well, but when you have five or six guys play well out of probably sixty plus guys you threw on the field. That's not a very good average. Not one bit. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? Saturday night during UFC 278, a little interesting nugget came out about uh, some NFL moves that almost were that would have impacted the AFC West. Also, uh, jersey swaps. Saw one after the Broncos-Bills game, at least. Is there anything like that in 
the rest of the world outside of sports. We'll talk about that next right here on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for a wholesale lumber the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Saturday night on an alternate broadcast for UFC 278 with the Gronkowskis, Dana White said he was helping the Las Vegas Raiders put together a deal to bring Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski to the team but John Gruden blew it up. So well, after hearing this, how close do you think Brady and Gronk to the Raiders actually was back in 2020? I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure how close it would have been. Um, this is perfect UFC fodder, if you ask me. I mean, consider the source, consider the hype, everything that goes with it. It's perfect for UFC, and that's kind of where I leave it. Bruce, let me tell you something. I love Tom Brady. I'm a big fan of the Gronk Gronkowski. I would have loved to have had him on my team with the Raiders. I'd probably still be coaching right now despite everything that happened. The NFL totally screwed me, but I probably would have won a Super Bowl because I love the way Tom Brady plays quarterback. I broke down his film many, many times, and Gronk, oh, who doesn't love Gronk? When he does those commercials, he sounds stupid, but we all know he's a really bright guy. Are you a Chicago Bears guy? Because that's what you sound like. No, you that's sound a- like a Saturday Night Live skit. Right. The Bears. No, no. No, the Chicago Bears are the more Bears. like the, the Bears are more like a South Side accent like that. John Gruden sounds more like this. It's a little idiosyncrasy that sounds a little bit different. All right, Chucky. Now, sounds if we're talking good. about Mike Tyson, that's a totally different situation. And I would love to do UFC with Dana White and bite off his ear because I want to eat his joke. Oh, God. We've talked a lot about how great the quarterbacks are in the AFC West. So imagine if Tom Brady had been here and then it's Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. No, you're right. That would be unbelievable. It would be unbelievable, but Derek Carr ain't bad. Top 10 guy. I oh. ain't bad. A lot of people would say Derek Carr can't be a top 10 guy. Nah. Well, statistically, he top is. Top 10 guy. 
statistically is and oh by the way they did go to the playoffs last year yeah and justin herbert did not just in case you missed it after the broncos bills game uh there may have been more than just this one but i saw the jersey swap between russell wilson who did not play josh allen who played a little bit they did the jersey swap and signed each other's jerseys so they each have a nice memento from another great quarterback in the league is there anything in media which you guys are very familiar with, or the rest of society for that matter, there is the equivalent of a jersey swap in sports. When did the jersey swap become a thing? I mean, I'm trying to remember when it became a thing because over the last couple of years, these guys get on the field and they do a spontaneous jersey swap. Here, here's mine, Here's I'll take yours, off you go. But now we're seeing these orchestrated things like... I mean, we were getting pictures taken. Did you see that? I mean, they were like one set of pictures, another set of pictures, another set of pictures. I mean, the whole thing was, it didn't have an organic feel to it. I'm trying to think of what is like that in any other walk of life. Not sure what it would be. Well, uh, Wilson did do a jersey swap with Micah Parsons Mm -hmm. following the Dallas game. And if you know anything about Micah Parsons' history at Penn State... Mm. I would have burned that jersey. I don't care how this guy may have changed, but the stuff that he did at Penn State... Reported. uh, It's beyond... I know it's reported. I know it's... But I did my own own reporting on this, and this stuff is not made up. This is a bad dude. At least he was back then, some of the stuff that he did. Hmm. So the answer is, we don't have a damn thing. That really happens like that in the media. You know you know who wouldn't like this? Every guy who played in the 50s and 60s and 70s. Yeah. You don't fraternize with the other no. team. The only thing we do in the media is exchange barbs every now and then. Hopefully not taking ourselves too seriously while doing it. Just in case you missed it, the Arizona Cardinals have been implementing an interesting play-calling strategy in preseason, having Kyler Murray call offensive plays for part of each game from the sideline. In yesterday's 24-17 loss to Baltimore, Cliff Kingsbury called six drives. The offense scored zero touchdowns. Then Kyler Murray took over play-calling duties. Back-to-back touchdown drives from the sideline for his first two drives calling plays for the offense. Your opinion on that strategy of having the starting quarterback call plays in the preseason, and are you drawing any conclusions from Kyler Murray's success calling the plays. I believe the Cardinals had it all wrong. Maybe they should put a clause in Kingsbury's contract (laughs) that he has to study at least four more hours a week. This is all about getting Kyler Murray some level of confidence back, getting him back in a positive place. There's been so much cloud over this offseason, even with the deal that he struck, obviously. Uh, But even that got some pushback so this is all about getting him in a positive place trying to get some positive reinforcement for a guy who maybe has taken some umbrage with uh being called out for lack of preparation i think it was a brilliant move by kingsbury to do this because you're saying to a guy who you don't believe studies enough film i tell you what I want you to call plays. I'm going to leave it at that. Knowing that you're going to be calling plays, you are going to be forced to study harder. You're going to want to look good. You're going to want to prove everybody wrong. No question. So it's reverse psychology by having him do it. You're not saying study more. 
what you're saying is you're going to call plays. And if you want to study more, I would recommend it. If you don't want to and do what you've always done, that's fine. Bottom line, seems like he passed his first yep, test. Yep, no question. Good on him. All right, uh, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. And at their clearance center now in Denver, they just bought some space right next to their clearance center. And now that showroom is absolutely enormous. You're going to get great deals. If you go to that clearance center, you're going to get great deals anyway. If you go to their locations in, in uh, Littleton and uh, in Louisville, go check them out. Best appliances out there. Their sales staff, they can help you find something to fit your budget or they can help you design an entire kitchen. Mountain High Appliance, again, find them in Louisville, Littleton, their clearance center, newly designed clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, any reason to push the panic button after what happened on Saturday? Also, do we have a little bit more clarity on who's going to be backing up Sutton, Judy, and Hamler? And oh, by the way, I'll throw this out there as well. Should Hamler still even be the number three option? That's next. Yeah. 